Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Life in 22 Minutes. Uh, Scott McIntosh here with my co-host, Becky. So today we are joined with a guest, and he is a good friend. I mean, this guy, it's like we're generations apart, but we're uh, brothers. We're tight. Got to know Clint Pulver uh, quite a while ago. We went to a Genshai... A retreat. I think I didn't the first we met him was in part no Midway. It was in Midway at another Genshai a writer's retreat. Writer's retreat. And uh, and he was wearing some knickerbockers things, you know, some. Uh, <laughs> what, what are those? What, he, was, what? he was working uh, yeah. at the hotel. Yeah, yeah. wearing my leader hosing. Yeah, there yeah you go. we were rocking the leader hosing. There you go. And if you don't know what those are, look them up. But uh, he worked at this uh, hotel we were at, and he came in and was a part of it. And so anyway, we got to know him there. Then he uh, we drove. For 12 hours each way in a van with a bunch of teens and, and Clint. Coronado, California. Yeah, and Becky and I. And, and I got to, uh, yeah, we just got to know each other and have fun. We've hung out on top of a building in Vegas on a roller coaster that hung over the edge of the building. Yeah, we've and, had and we, some good we've had times. brushes with death. Yeah, we really if, did. If that thing would have gave way, we were dead. It, uh, we would have died. Yeah, let, that's a just... long ways down. That's a long ways down. <laughs> We can't take that too lightly. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So we've had brushes of death. And so anyway, we welcome uh, Clint Pulver. Thanks for letting me be here, you guys. This is so cool. So fun. Yeah, I'm honored. It's really, really cool, you guys. Well, thank you. Uh, and, and just to give you a little bit of background about Clint, he's done some amazing things. He started the Green Man Group, which is a drumming what would you call it? Uh, yeah, it's a, a college. It's the university drumline. Drumline. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Drumline. Uh, and it mimics a lot the Blue Man Group, uh, uh-huh. right? Yeah, uh, a lot of similarities. The Green Man, and they uh, that was their school colors. Yep. Anyway, he started that, and is it still going? It's still going. Yep. I retired from the group last year, and uh, I've been busy just speaking and, and traveling, so I wasn't able to dedicate as much time as that group needed and deserved, and so... Um, yeah, kind of passed the reins, and but they're still going strong and and performing and entertaining and drumming it up. And that's yeah, great. Yeah, such and a fun. It, it's fun to look back group. and see your legacy still going. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's it, cool. It's cool how it just started out on a you know it was just an idea, a little piece of paper, and it it's it's now provided a lot of scholarships for a lot of kids and has helped you know the university and marketing and just experiences for young people to, to be a part of something bigger than just the classroom. So, Right. Yeah. Tell our audience which university. Uh, Utah Valley University. And that's where you served as the student body vice president. That is right. That is right. I have that honor as well in student government, and college was amazing. I love UVU. A lot of who I am and where I'm at today is because of that university. Oh, that's great. And you're a pilot. I am a pilot. And you've uh, starred in a full feature film. I have, yeah. I've been in a, a couple movies. So that's, yeah, that was a great experience. And yeah, all from a bucket list. It's kind of cool what happens when you just, you know, dream a little bit more while you're awake. <laughs> I, I have, I have a, my, my bucket list, it's a big deal in my life, always has been a big mm-hmm. deal in my life. And when something goes on the bucket list, 
it's not a matter of if, it's when it's going to happen. Right. And so I put on my bucket list six years ago that I wanted to be in a movie. And uh, so this happened probably two years ago. I was looking at the list, and I said, okay, number 43 is be in a movie. And I, I didn't want to be like uh, even in – you know, as a star, I just wanted to be an extra, hang out on the movie set, just have that experience. So number 43 was being a movie, and I was looking at it. And so literally in that moment, I was like, hey, I need to get that checked off. So I Googled acting agencies in Utah, and the first one that popped up, uh, I called them, and I said, hey, I have a bucket list, and I want to be in a movie. And they were like, okay, have you ever acted before? And I said, nope. And they said, have you done theater before? And I said, never. And they said, well, then you can't be in a movie. And I said, no, you don't understand. It's on the bucket it's list. It's on my list. It's got to happen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so she found out that I had been a speaker and drumming and, and had some other, you know, marketable skills, I guess. And so she said, well, come in and interview. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll represent you for that. And so I went in and uh, she ended up signing me on the condition that she would let me – she would represent me for those things. But then she would send me on a movie audition. And so two days – it was two days after I signed – the production company rolled in town from L.A. for the, the first movie that I had the chance to be a part of, which was Saturday's Warrior. And I went in, and she sent me for the audition, and I went through five callbacks, and I nailed that the lead part for Elder Wally Kessler, and that's that's how it all started. And you did a so, phenomenal job. Uh, well, thank you. That's so really nice of you guys. I mean, this guy can dance, he can sing, he can do it uh, all. Jeez, it's crazy. That was so fun. Yeah, I loved watching that and seeing you. And, and it's like, you know, hey, not only do I know this guy, you know, because everybody wants to claim fame when they know somebody. But it's like, <laughs> if he saw me, he would come give me a hug. Absolutely, this, this I would. This is like a guy that you I betcha. know. He was a homie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Just to let you know a little bit more about Clint and how dedicated he, he is and how his word means something. So he was, he was scheduled to do our podcast a few weeks ago sent me a message. He said, oh, I just got casted in to do a, a commercial. And can we bump the time back? I said, oh, absolutely. And then he messaged me just prior to the time to be here. And he said, we're, we're still on set. So we, we rescheduled and he showed up today. He showed up today to do this interview. And then we find out that he spent the night at the ER last night. He is sitting here at our house with kidney stones, but he didn't want to call and cancel again. Yep, here we are. So Couldn't he, miss it. He's it's on important. high meds right now, so we may have a really interesting interview. We might yeah. not ask him anything. Yeah. Let's ask him. Yeah, anything I say from this point on is off the record. <laughs> yeah, we should be filming this. Yeah, we could we could uh, make a minute. Oh man! Oh, you recently got engaged. Which is one I, of the I coolest did. engagement stories. Oh, you guys, I'm so excited. Because I've yeah. heard some of your other podcasts, but you never mentioned being engaged. So this is your first podcast as an engaged person? Is this is true? it. This is the first podcast, yes. Yes. Wow. With, with a ring on her finger. <laughs> I, I am so excited. She is a, such a special girl. Will you share how you proposed? Yeah. I. Um, so, so Kelly and I, I, again, dream more while you're awake, right? I, I did Saturday's Warrior. And she is much more talented than I am. And she was a big actress in L.A., did modeling and voiceover work, and actually studied acting at BYU. And so, so I was she, on set. she had all those qualifications that that person asked you. Uh, if correct, you correct. Yeah. She's the real deal. I'm the, the guy that just got lucky. And uh, so anyway, she, she was there in L.A. People introduced us from set, and they were like, there's this girl in L.A. You've got to meet her. 
And so that's how that's how we we kind of met was just through that experience. So again, just from a bucket list, it kind of worked out. And we went on our first date, and it took me nine months to convince her to go on a date. But we finally scheduled the first date, and uh, that was back in October. And we dated, and it was so fun, especially through the holidays. That's always an exciting time. And it was New Year's Eve night, and I, you know, New Year's Eve. That's it's you know 2017, making your your New Year's resolutions and a new year and a fresh start to what's to come. And so I wanted to make that special. So I took her up to a, a nice little place up in uh, Park City, Utah at the, the St. Regis Resort. And we just had an, a nice meal up there and it was just, the setting was perfect. She looked so beautiful that night and she doesn't, she didn't know this at the time, but I, I, I snapped a picture of her as she was there at, at the dinner table just to kind of capture that moment for me. And then that night was also the first night that we talked about getting married and that that's both what we wanted and where we wanted to get married and what time we were thinking in the year to get married. And it was just one of those cool moments. And so I decided to for the proposal to have that picture that I took of her at dinner painted. So I had a professional artist paint that picture of her and then we hung that picture in an art gallery and it was featured in in the Springville Art Museum as one of their main pieces and then I told her that we were going to go on a date to the Springville Art Museum and so there we were walking around looking at all the paintings and you know one painting two painting down this this hallway and then all of a sudden she came to her portrait and the, this the artist you guys did such a good job I mean it looks just like her he 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 was uh, same hair, same table setting, the same dress she was wearing, and she looks at it and she stops and she's like, "That's that's me." She's like, "That that that painting looks just like me," and I'm like, "No, it can't be." She's like, "No, like that's me. she's like that's my dress." She's like, "I own that dress," and then I got down on one knee behind her and uh, and he painted the ring on her finger, and she noticed that and she's like. She's got a ring, and, and, and I got down on one knee and told her how much I loved her and, and couldn't wait to be with her forever. So it was a really – yeah, it was fun. That's yeah, it was a, a cool, cool experience. So. Yeah, another great engagement. There you go. Yeah, yeah another one down. And yeah. you heard it first on Life in 22 Minutes. Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. And it was so cool because I saw you just hours. You did. You saw me that, that same day. Yeah, just within hours. And you told me that that had just happened and told me the story. And, and just to hear it, I, I love great engagements. Oh, well, yeah. you had a good engagement too. <laughs> Scott. So I, you, I don't know if we talked about that. Did we talk about that in another story no, or not? We'll do it another we'll episode. We don't want to take up no. his time, but we'll share our engagement story. Yeah, so wonderful. So, Clint, I know that you speak a lot to youth. You're on a high demand. What is the message that you share when you speak to youth groups? Um, the, the main message that I love to share is, is the message of living a life by design, not by default. And it, 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 it's called be, become the anomaly. And where that came from is I, I had the opportunity to go to college and I, I was going to be a, a pilot, but I had an eye disease that ended that pursuit. And so I ended up really not knowing what I was going to do. I ended up in a career that wasn't necessarily something that I loved. It wasn't something that fulfilled me. It wasn't something that I necessarily was passionate about, but it paid the bills. It was a really well-paying job in the medical field. And uh, I remember one day just sitting there in the OR and saying to myself, this is just not what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. And I remember at UVU in, in college, 
I had a close friend of mine who was a counselor there, one of the career and academic counselors. Uh, his name was Kirk Young, and he told me – he said a, a quote by Oscar Wilde that says, To live is the rarest thing in the world, for most people merely exist, and that's all. To live, to actually really live, not just exist. And that kind of, in a way, haunted me as I was working in this medical field. And I found myself just existing. And one day I but was – Existing well. Yeah, existing, paying the bills for sure, but not really living. Like to really do what and, – and this is where it came from because I'm sitting at, at, at a burger joint. It was JCW's with, with two of my friends. And they were career professionals working. They would graduated from college. And in, in frustration and a little bit of despair, I asked the question to them. I, I, I posed this at the burger restaurant. I said, wouldn't it be crazy, you guys, if you could find one job, one job that allowed you to do what you loved? It was, it was full of passion. It fulfilled you. It was something that was exciting, something that you naturally loved to do. But also it contributed to your life financially in a way that was sufficient for your needs. So it, it paid the bills. I mean, I did that movie, Scott and Becky, and there were plenty of people that were doing what they loved, but there were also plenty of people that couldn't pay their bills. And so they weren't super happy either. And then the third part is, what if it was something that contributed to your purpose in life? That it was something bigger than yourself. Something Because passion is very about you and what you love to do. Purpose is about helping other people. It's about being the best for the world, not just simply being the best in the world. And I said, what if you could find one job that allowed you to do all three most of the time? And both of my buddies looked back at me and they said, I don't think that exists. They said, I don't, I don't think that happens. I think, to be honest, I think that's an, an anomaly. And I said, what do you mean? They said, it's rare. It just doesn't happen. And two weeks after that date, sitting there as with my buddies at the burger joint, I quit my job. I put in my two weeks notice and I quit my job making over six figures to live, not just exist. And that was, that was the, the day I quit my job was the day I started living. And it's been one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my life. Ever. Wow. And I can't help but think I just had an interview with a friend a couple of days ago. They're, they're in school still. Mm-hmm. And finals is this week. And said their accounting class just couldn't wait to get that over with. He says, I just had to take this class because it's a class I had to take. I don't want to be an accountant. Sure. And they said, but I looked around in that classroom, and I just wanted to stand up and say, you guys hate this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys hate this, and, and this you haven't even started working the rest of your life, and I can already see you hate right, it. Yep. And, uh, and, and I think so many of us get stuck in just what we're good at or what we feel like, oh, yeah, I, I can do this, and it's not as much effort for me as Yeah, or what's as safe thing. or what's secure. Yeah, exactly. Safe and secure is good wording for it, but to just really live. Yeah. And to each their own because there's a lot of jobs out there that need to be done that are going to be done by people who That's just right. aren't going to chase their dream. That's not their dream job, but it, they're very comfortable in doing that. Yeah, and it's it's different for every person. You know, one person's way of living is different than another person's way of living. You know, you can find people that have absolutely nothing, but they're the happiest people. Yeah. And they still have enough to provide for themselves. They still have, you know, plenty of passion and purpose. They're the anomaly if they're doing that. But the stats, like the Gallup organization, their studies say that 8 out of 10 Americans – hate their jobs. 80% are not fulfilled. They're not doing what they love and what moves them and motivates them and is exciting most of the time. 
And, and that's funny that you say that because um, while you were talking, I had this flashback from way back. You, you know my passion for the outdoors. Absolutely. And, and people always ask me, why aren't you a guide? Why aren't you doing something in the outdoor world? Because that's what you love so much. And I remembered when I first started doing taxidermy work, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed doing it. And then I got so tired of the phone calls of, hey, where's this, you know, where's my mount? Why is it not done yet? And then I would rush and get it done, and I would call them for the next three months trying to get money because they didn't have it. Yeah. And them not picking it up. And it finally became a job. The thing that I loved became a job, yep. and it took the fun away from it. Yep. How do you keep that alive? How do you keep that to, from becoming the thing that you love, ruining the thing that you loved? Yeah, I think it's that balance. I think, again, it comes down to that person having a conversation with themselves so for me, being a speaker is is what I'm doing now full time. And for me necessarily, it's not something that I wanted to do. It's not something that I um, even really set out to do. It was something that kind of just happened, but I love to do it. it. It fulfills me. It's exciting. It's purposeful. It's helping other people. And, and financially, so far I'm not homeless, so that's good. Right. I, and I think that's why the anomaly is so – because I still have my hobbies – you know, drumming, for example, is is a big hobby of mine, but I don't do it professionally, but I do do it when I speak. And so I think if you can pick and choose, to, you know, here and there and finding that balance, I think that's really the key. And it's totally different for every single person. I don't think there's one right answer. I think if you can, though, strive for that, strive to find that, I, I think you just you live a different life. You live differently. Yeah, I think that some people, you know, are scared to death. That's one of their biggest fears is getting in front of people. And you love that. You, you love getting up there, performing on the drums or speaking. And and tell me about the feedback. What's what's that like when you finish and kids are coming up and to coming up to you and telling you of how much that changed them, how much that affected them, uh, that they're going to be better at what they do because of what you just taught them. Yeah, one thing I've learned as a speaker that that. Myself as a presenter, I don't, I don't change anybody's life. The people change their own lives. But as a speaker, we have the opportunity to influence, to motivate, to inspire, to bring ideas into people's hearts and into their minds to the point where they go and they, they say, I want to live a different life. I want to do something differently. And so when kids come up and say, man, that was great. You were awesome. That was so fun. That was so funny. That was so entertaining. That's not as fulfilling to me as a speaker as when people come up to me and say, Hey, I really appreciated your message. This is what I'm going to do differently now in my life because of what you said. For me, that's purpose for me. That's when I know that I made a difference. I contributed in some small way to help that person make a big change. And you're living on purpose. You're living on path. Our friend Kevin talks about being on the path. Absolutely. And it's amazing the doors that open when you do that. Mm-hmm. I've spoke. I, I quit my job. It's been five months since that moment. I've spoken forty-five times since I quit my job, in five months. And I haven't. I don't. The video, the demo video is not out yet. Scott and Becky, the the website's not out. I haven't. Everything's getting ready to do that. It's going to happen hopefully at the end of this month. And it's all been just out of the woodwork. It's just yeah. worked. It's just happened. It's just. And so I totally believe that when you're doing the things that you love and you're doing them for the right reasons and to help other people, but it's also you know, it's fulfilling for you too, and you've got good intentions and your heart's in the right place. Magic, magic time. That's when the magic happens. 
It's when you go from living a life of success to living a life of significance. That's right. That's exactly right. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about being the best for the world. What's, what's the final message that you would like to leave with our listeners? I, I think the more that we can live a life by design, not a life by default, um, cool things happen when you do, when you dream more while you're awake. And I think for young people to get specific, th- there are things in life that young people don't really necessarily have the, a big understanding of, for example, like a mortgage. They don't know what that word is. They don't know what that means, but one day they will. And unfortunately, that word debilitates people sometimes, or that word can keep people from doing the things that they love. But the trick is, is if you can still recognize and understand that that is a real thing, like taxes and finances and insurance and prescription medications and vacations and how much braces can cost. I think if young people can sit down with their parents and say, hey, on a monthly basis, what does it, what does it take to live? Like, what does that look like? And then, and then be aware of those realities because you will not if – you, if you choose to be a responsible person in this world, you will not escape those realities. Right, because these parents are spending more per month than generally these kids have ever even held in their hand at one time. A hundred percent. You betcha. And as a, as a professional youth speaker, all the time, kids, I, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know where I'm going to go to college. I don't know how I'm going to make money. I hear it all the time. And, and to be honest, that's okay. It's, you don't have to know. But I think there's power and significance that comes from just thinking about it. Design it. Dream more while you're awake. Again, live a life by design, not by default. Get specific. Dream more while you're awake. And magic wonderful, significant things will happen in your life. Thanks, Clint. Oh, you're welcome. It's been an honor, show. you guys. Absolutely. Anytime. And good luck with that kidney stone. I hope it uh, Yeah, hope yeah. It I'm going to go, go lay down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us. And please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.